1: Folks, a Wednesday night after the Nets lose a close one. I wanted that game. I thought they were going to steal that game, but it's all good. No KD. A quick little test in Philly in front of their corny fans. I can't stand Philadelphia, but I'm a little jealous. It's a good time to be in Philly. It's a good time to be a Philadelphia Eagles, Phillies, Sixers fan, whatever. This is New York. And this is your nighttime host, Keith McPherson, taking your calls till 2 a.m. One's on the clock. Let's rock. We're going to talk about sports and whatever else you guys want to talk about around the sports and the teams and the athletes and the narratives. Mostly NBA tonight. Obviously NFL tonight. And we'll see if we can sneak in some puck and some baseball. We'll start with the puck. What the puck is going on with the Islanders? The Islanders have lost 10 of their last 11 games. They lose again tonight. They go down 2-1 to the Senators. That's tough. The Rangers lose in overtime to the Maple Leafs, 3-2. The Devils are off, so they didn't lose tonight, and the Devils are rolling. We talked Devils last night, but Rangers fans, if you got to get something off your chest, call me up, 877-337-6666. Islanders fans as well, go for it. But my Nets fans that are still listening, that were probably listening to Brooklyn Nets radio with Kaepernick Carino, you got to feel okay after that loss. Why do you feel okay after a loss? You're never supposed to feel good after a loss, but you should feel okay after that loss judging this team and where they are right now without the best player in the world. This is a team that we thought was going to fold And potentially go on an 11-game losing streak like they did last year when Kevin Durant went down. And I think they started off losing four in a row. And it felt like, here we go again, they lose to the Celtics, they lose to the Thunder, they lose to the Spurs, they lose to the Suns. And then this past weekend they stopped the bleeding, they beat Utah, and then they beat Golden State Sunday night. No one wanted to talk about it because we were all focused on the NFL but that was a big win for the morale of the Brooklyn Nets. It gave them confidence. So then they go down to Philly tonight. And, of course, all the focus is on Ben Simmons again. And I was thinking that, okay, it's the second time he's played there. This thing is kind of getting old. It's super corny. Maybe they'll not go so hard against Ben Simmons. But this is Philadelphia. This is what they do. And Ben Simmons gives them plenty of ammo. He gives them plenty of... To laugh at, plenty to boo and, you know, his game and his style of play. Right away, that game was messed up with the foul calls. The game took forever. We always talk about pace of play with baseball. That game was like a baseball game. I think it took two hours and 40 minutes, something like that. There have been baseball games faster than that. But nobody complains about pace of play in the NBA. They'll sit there and watch them hoop all night. And I wish they had more time. But the Nets come up short. The Nets lose 137-133 down there at the Wells Fargo Center to a fully healthy Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Matisse Thybulle. They had their whole team led by Doc Rivers. Those guys are not better than the Brooklyn Nets when the Brooklyn Nets are healthy. Those guys are not going to be a threat to the Brooklyn Nets when KD comes back. They're the second-place team in the East. If the Nets would have won that game, they would have had the same record as the Sixers. The Nets are in fourth place at 29-18. and 18. The Sixers go to 31-16, and 16 and good for them. But the Nets got to make a move. They got to make a trade, man. They got to do something. You know, you feel good as a Nets fan not getting smoked. You feel good as a Nets fan bringing that game all the way down to the wire, but when I'm looking at this box score and when I'm watching the game, obviously I mentioned Ben Simmons. I just I don't expect much from Ben Simmons. This is a guy that, you know, they they must have said something to him at halftime because in the beginning of the game he had more fouls than points, more more fouls than shot attempts. The guy is just like, I don't know, scared to shoot, scared to draw a foul, scared to have any contact, scared to even go up against anyone. He'll he'll play some tough defense and he was against Embiid and the crowd every time he got the ball was booing or getting uh, you know, loud and getting on their feet when it was Simmons versus Embiid. But, you know, when it comes playoff time, they I don't know, they can't be relying on Ben Simmons. I know he'll be a different player with KD on the floor, but he finishes a minus sixteen. He had twelve points, and most of those came in the second half. Kyrie Irving finishes with thirty. The best player on the floor tonight for the Nets was Seth Curry back in his old stomping grounds. He had 32, and he was hitting some threes tonight where he just looked comfortable out there. He was 7-10 from deep, and it's always like he's looking for revenge when he goes back to Philly because Doc Rivers is his father-in-law. They traded him. (laughs) They traded him off his father-in-law's team. He goes back there looking to kill. Shout out to Seth Curry. Nick Claxton might arguably be the best player on the court tonight depending on what you're looking at, not just points. Nick Claxton is turning into a star. And, I mean, I think Nets fans knew he could be. We knew he had the potential. Obviously, he had a little bit of a shaky year last year with being sick, with being out of shape. And then the way the season ended for him um, at the free throw line, I think that really motivated him. This guy chopped his hair off and got to business And the version that we're seeing of him this year, they're looking at him as a defensive player of the year. So Nick Claxton was ready for Joel Embiid. And he was ready to score the ball tonight. He ends up with 25, 25 points, 11 rebounds, a couple assists and just good defense and a monstrous block on Embiid. You don't see too many guys go up there and block Joel Embiid. Other than that, you know, Royce O'Neal, you kind of need more shooting the ball. But why do you need more from Royce shooting the ball? Because guys like Joe Harris, who are starting playing 20 minutes, fouling out of the game, are a minus seven. They give you eight points. Joe Harris, I, I think he's at the end of the road with the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if he has any value, if they can even trade him. But Joey Buckets is not the same guy anymore. I think that's it. I think he's done. And then when I look at the Nets bench, I kind of have some questions around T.J. Warren and why he only played nine minutes, and he's supposed to be a bucket. He only had two points. When you need points with KD not there, where he, where is he at? And, uh, you know, Utah Watanabe, who folks were talking about putting in the three-point contest, his three-point percentage has certainly dropped down. I mean, this guy, he had some looks. He hit some threes. I think he, you know, he hit one three. He missed two. But uh, earlier in the season, I think when he was playing with KD, he had some open looks. He was just a lot better shooting from three. You won't see him in the three-point contest, I don't believe. He plays 25 minutes, a plus 16, gives us 11 points tonight. I mean, it is what it is with the Nets. When you're looking at the Sixers bench, you know, they have a guy go off for 27 and Tyrese Maxey, 10 from Matisse Thybulle. They have their full team, full complemented guys. James Harden is comfortable over there. He has 23, and B. chips in another 26. Shake Milton with 19, Tobias Harris with 18, and the Sixers win. Nets fans, call me up if you want to talk about your Brooklyn Nets. I don't think any of us are feeling too bad after losing that game by four to the Philadelphia 76ers at full strength. Looking around the NBA, it's rivalry week. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it's really a new thing in the NBA Uh, Tonight, there were good matchups on. Obviously, that Nets-Sixers matchup. uh, Nuggets-Bucks would have been better, but Jokic and Murray didn't play. Boo. You get Giannis back, you get Middleton back. And uh, those guys, obviously, you know, I don't think that's a rivalry. But when you look at Giannis and you look at Jokic, those are back-to-back MVP winners. Giannis first and then Jokic. And so when you put them on the floor, you expect a little bit of a rivalry, but they didn't face off against each other. Uh, the Bucks end up beating the Nuggets 107-99. Giannis had 33. Aaron Gordon led the way for the Nuggets with 26. The Timberwolves beat the Pelicans 111-102. Anthony Edwards drops 37 on them. The Hawks beat the Thunder 137-132. Trey Young leads the way with 33. SGA also had 36 in that game. And the Magic beat... The Pacers won 26, and the Lakers are on right now. I didn't even mention the Lakers last night. I had a five-hour show last night. We didn't really have an opportunity to get to it with LeBron going off for like 46 against the Clippers. And I think the Clippers have won a bunch of games in a row against the Lakers. They own the Lakers out there, kind of like the Nets own the Knicks over here. But plenty to talk about. When we come back, we'll get into some NBA con- or NFL conversation. That's it for the NBA. I know... Most of you guys aren't going to call up and and talk about the Raptors-Kings game going on or the Jazz-Blazers game going on right now. Uh, I do want to get eyes on the Grizzlies-Warriors. That's another good matchup as we're in rivalry week with some rivalry games coming up this weekend. Knicks and Nets, Nuggets-Sixers, 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan, taking your calls and getting into the NFL conversation right after this.
0: After the end of a good fight,
1: All right, back from break. Had to get
0: those spots in.
1: 11.30-ish on the fan. Keep McPherson checking in until 2 a.m. You know, we got to pay the bills and get those commercials in before midnight. Then it's the next day, and then it's like they didn't roll over. It doesn't count if you don't get the uh, ads in. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Connor knows. I don't. I don't produce. I host. Never did the board here. I just pretend like I know. Anyway. Call me up. 877-337-6666. Talking about sports. Talking about what you guys want to talk about. And uh, I've set the table a little bit, but I will continue to add some things. And uh, you can pick from what you'd like. It's wide open. NFL, though. Let's talk about the National Football League, which we all know and love. Today is Championship Wednesday, or it was. In the media availability world of the NFL, all the top players and coaches met with the media today. Uh, I watched NFL Network for a little bit. I think I saw Debo, Fred Warner, Brock Purdy. Uh, I think I saw Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes. You know, Brock Purdy is uh, a 13-year-old. No, no he's, 20. he's 23, I think. He's not 13. He looks 13. He's the fifth-ever rookie to make it to the conference round. The last one? Trivia, who was the last one to make it to the conference round? Last quarterback, he played here. Mark Sanchez in 2009 for your New York Jets. So yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, as well as Jalen Hurts, these guys are combined the youngest quarterbacks age-wise to ever face off in the conference round. And the other quarterback on the other side, Patrick Mahomes, was seen jogging in practice. He walked off the podium after he spoke with no limp, no walking boot, nothing. Like, they've been calling him Wolverine. He healed right up, I guess. It looked uh, worse than it was. When I saw him go down in the game, I'm like, oh, he's hurt. He's hurt, hurt. He might not be able to continue. But he said he's ready to go. He's planning on playing. And uh, it's going to be a fun day in Burrowhead. Arrowhead that the <laughs> the, the Bengals are calling uh, Burrowhead. And Joe Burrow gets on the podium and... There's a video going viral of him saying, I'm him, I think after he threw that first touchdown. And he says he doesn't remember saying that. He's like, did I say that? He said he blacked out out there. He's like, yeah, sometimes you black out on the field. I don't remember what I said. Yeah, right, Joe Cool, Joe Scheisty, Joe Burt. We know. You are you are him. You're the guy. Uh, for what my money's worth, I'm betting the Bengals and I'm betting the Eagles this weekend. It's just, I don't want to see Chiefs Niners Super Bowl again. Uh, I think Pat Mahomes can fake it all he wants, but he's feeling it. And they're going to try and heat him up. They're not dumb. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. They're the defending AFC champs. They're 3-0 against Mahomes. Probably going 4-0. If I'm betting, I'm betting it's Bengals, Eagles, and I need Joe Burrow to knock off the Eagles. I can't live in a world where the Eagles win another Super Bowl, but they're looking super tough. And... uh You see their quarterback in media availability, hat over his face. He's chilling. He's ready to go. He looks like he's been here before. And His number one receiver only had three catches for 22 yards in the first round. And I think if you've heard me say this whole week, don't worry, A.J. Brown. They're going to come to you. A.J. Brown said he's not trying to be a diva. He just wants the ball, right? I think everyone saw he was pouting a little bit. He was visibly frustrated with his lack of targets, He still went out there and blocked, but the quote that he had today, he said, they throw me me the ball 100 times, I'm going to want it 101 times. Me personally, I just feel like I can change the game at any moment. Getting the ball often keeps you going, keeps you in a rhythm. It definitely puts you in a zone, you're locked in. Of course I want the ball. And Nick Sirianni knows he wants the ball. Jalen Hurts knows he wants the ball. And uh, (laughs) he's probably going to get the ball this week. That Niners defense isn't for play, though. Fred Warner said he expects it to be a battle. He expects it to be a war. It's going to be tough going into Philly against their crowd. We've got good football on the horizon. I mean, in a half hour, it's Thursday, and then it's Friday, then it's Saturday, then it's Sunday, and we're right back on the couch watching the NFL, and these are going to be good games. I mean, honestly, these are the best teams in the league. It kind of went all chalk this year. And I know the Bengals weren't weren't the two-seed, but, you know, the Bills were suspect. And the Bills without Von Miller. And, you know, it, it, it's the matchups that we expected. You expected to see the Niners and the Eagles. You expected the Chiefs as the one seed to get there and Joe Burrow to lead his team back to the AFC Championship. So I'm excited for the NFL games this weekend. The NFL honors are out there. I'll start locally with three guys that I think are going to bring home the hardware. Saquon Barkley is in the three finalists for comeback player of the year. Garrett Wilson is in the three finalists for offensive rookie of the year. And Sauce Gardner, of course, is in the top three for defensive rookie of the year. And I think all three of those guys win. I think all those guys bring home that trophy. And I know it's not the trophy that anyone really cares about and what they're looking for, but positive signs. They, They had great years here. Football was fun for the whole season here in New York. And uh, looking at the rest of the NFL honors list, obviously it's the usual suspects. Most valuable player, MVP, is all quarterbacks except for one. You get Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and then they throw Justin Jefferson in there. He's definitely not going to win it. Giants shut him down. They can be proud of that. Giants fans can be proud of that. You've got a guy in the top five for most valuable player, the only non-quarterback, And in the playoffs, he did nothing against your defense. Defensive player of the year is Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, and Chris Jones. Chris Jones has to have a big week this week. Uh, Talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals, obviously they're down two offensive linemen. It didn't seem to phase them in Buffalo, but Chris Jones is a a beast up front. He's got to be a monster. Um, He's been arguably the best interior lineman in the league. You know, so... He's got to wreak havoc for the Chiefs to have a chance to knock off the Bengals. Uh, in the coaching carousel, and the coaching interviews, Mike Kafka uh, just completed his second interview with the Texans. Giants might lose their OC. I think he's going to want to stay, but who knows? Uh, these guys get these opportunities to be head coaches. They don't come that often. I thought the Texans wanted to hire Josh McCown. They might hire Mike Kafka. And I think I took a call last night from a Dallas Cowboys fan that suggested that the Cowboys get rid of Kellen Moore and bring in Frank Wright. And I said, that sounds good, but does Frank Wright want to be an OC or does he want to be a head coach? Because I think he's a good head coach. I just think Indianapolis is a mess. The Colts and Jim Irsay, you know, they're bringing Jeff Saturday back for a second round of interviews. Frank Wright is in line most likely to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So good for Frank and good for uh, the Panthers if they can grab him. Uh, Other than that, man, I mean, the Hall of Fame conversation is kind of boring now, kind of annoying now. You know, we hit it hard last night, and everybody's had their thoughts and takes on it. It is what it is. I think now we're looking at guys that are up next for next year, better luck next year. Obviously, it's McGriff and Roland this year, but... I think Todd Helton gets in next year, and there will be a couple uh, more names on the ballot. Mets fans know that David Wright, Jose Reyes, and Bartolo Colon will be first-time ballot guys in 2024. And uh, some news came out today around Starling Marte. They haven't determined if he's going to rehab or be full go or what for spring training. He's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic, uh, but you know he ended the season with an injury, and he may be starting This season with another industry, uh, industry. Excuse me, another injury. All right, I've set the table enough. I see we've got some calls now. Let's hit them. Let's go to Dave and Comac first up on the fan. Go for it, Dave. Hey, Keith. Hey, what's up? My
2: biggest unanswered question is: Where is Ledecky when the Islanders are losing uh, ten of eleven? Where is Ledecky when Lou Lamarillo fired uh, Barry Trumps? Where is Ledecky when the goaltenders are three feet out of the net or two far right or two far left, giving up open net, open net, after open net, after open net net, goals?
1: Mm. Good question. I mean, you miss him? You want him to come down and...
2: I want him to sell the team is what I want. (laughs) You want him to to come down and make
1: his presence felt? I mean, mean, obviously with the uh, coaching change, I know there was a lot of talk about that last year. Uh, has he been hiding? Has anyone seen him, or is he kind of ducking low right now?
2: I, you know, all I see is photo ops on Facebook, but you know what? Maybe he's got to do a lot less photo ops and start taking uh, charge of what's going on because I don't like the fact that Barry is gone and Lambert does uh, it basically does nothing, right? you still got goaltenders that are three feet out of their net. Or well, too far left, too far right, and it's not just one go that it's both of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for the most part, and I, I watched the recaps on on YouTube, right? And and the recaps speak for themselves. And uh, but this thing, you know, he could have said, "I don't want you firing," shots and He didn't do that. Could have said, uh, "I want you to hold on to Grice and and let He didn't do that. I mean, it's like over and over every. Then you wonder why nobody wants to play here. As far as
1: free agents. Yeah, it's tough too. And they got that beautiful new arena and it's hard to grow into that arena when you're losing and hard to get people to show up when you fire the head coach. And I remember conversations on the fan as soon as that move was made and people weren't into it. I don't know. Ledecki's he's gotta make some kind of move. He's gotta do something. He's gotta step up here. I I know when I saw that they lost ten out of eleven, I'm like, weren't they trending in the right way? And now they're going backwards a little bit. You
2: should sell the team. If you don't, he doesn't care. You don't want to spend the money. You kept the wrong uh, GM. You got you got rid of the wrong coach, right? I mean, he should be firing Lamarillo. Bring find a way to bring back Trot. You pay him. Pay him. You know, maybe that's the problem. You don't want to pay him, so that's why he's gone. You probably wanted a raise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, cause and effect. Look where the Islanders you know, at money now. Talks. Money talks for sure. Thanks for the call, yeah. Dave. I mean. Barry Trotz, did Barry Trotz end up taking another gig? I don't think he, didn't someone, no, I don't think he's he's he was picked up, right? Barry Trotz, I remember when he got let go, everybody questioned that move. I thought he was going to get picked up somewhere else. But, yeah, I don't think he's with anyone. Maybe he's available. Bring him on back, Ledecky. Show your face. Be accountable. These Islander fans are feeling it. They're talking about it online. They're calling the fan. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We got to take a break and get some more spots in before 12. I'll be right back. All right, let's hit uh, maybe a couple calls, a couple more topics before we go to the break and the update. And then I'll switch studios, say good morning, and we'll be inside the 12 o'clock hour Thursday, January 26th, coming up. Keith McPherson on the fan till 2 a.m. Thanks for listening on the free Odyssey app or... On 1019 FM or maybe 660 somewhere. So I was mentioning the NFL honors and the local players that could bring home the hardware. And I also think one of the coaches can. Not Rob Sala, of course. Brian Dable, Coach of the Year. Brian Dable, I think he should win it. Um, These are regular season awards. He did win one postseason game. But he's in the running with Nick Sirianni, who's in the conference championship. Kyle Shanahan, who's in the conference championship. So maybe they go that way, but these guys aren't first-year head coaches. I feel like it's an award to give to a guy like Brian Dable in his first year in a new place, taking a team from misery to making the playoffs. So I hope Dable is able to, to win. Sean McDermott of the Bills is also nominated. I don't think he should get it. And Doug Peterson is the only guy on the list that I think might be Um, as deserving, if not more deserving, than Brian Dable. Let's go to Brett in New Haven on the fan. Go for it, Brett. How are you, Keith? I'm great. Thanks for calling. Yeah. When um, the Giants played the last
2: game against the Eagles, we put in all the reserves. At what point do you think, when we were playing the Eagles in this playoff game, that we should have took out the starters and put the reserves in? With the job that they did, they kept the game close in regular season.
1: (laughs) You should have pulled them and put Davis Webb and uh, Kenny Galladay in to save the day last Saturday night. Yeah, yeah.
2: But it's like a pitcher, you know, when he's thinking, you got to take him out, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, I'll I'll
1: say this to that, Brett. The disparity in talent was so huge. The Giants starters, you know, we've been talking about it all week. Maybe two Giants starters, Dexter Lawrence and Saquon Barkley, would be starters on the Eagles. You definitely wouldn't have stood a chance with the third string, second string guys (laughs) against the Eagles. But, you know, I do hear you as far as, like, maybe they should have went into Week 18 and got a taste of what it was going to be like in that atmosphere, lining up against those guys. Um, And maybe they wouldn't have got absolutely smoked last Saturday but they played it safe they wanted their guys to be healthy for the first round against Minnesota and that worked out so I think they did the right thing but it's just crazy to see them get their doors blown off like they did Saturday night it just shows you how much talent matters in the NFL they don't have the talent and that was uh the narrative all year that they did more with less and then you really saw it against one of the most talented teams in the NFL right on Thanks for the call, okay. Brett. Let's see if I can sneak another one in before we go to break. Adamar is in Freeport on the fan. What's up, man?
2: Hey, how's it going, Keith?
1: Good, good. Thanks for calling in. Uh,
2: all right, man. Hey, um, who do you think that the Nets could go after the trade deadline that can really make a difference um,
1: for them? Um, I don't know. I always say I don't like to speculate, you know, because I'm not a GM, and, and Sean Mark should know exactly who he's going after, and honestly, he should be picking up any phone calls about anyone. I'll say this, a report came out today that they're shopping Joe Harris. (laughs) Good luck with that after the game he put together today. Uh, Seth Curry, they're shopping, and he balled today. I think they need to hold on to to Seth coming off the bench. uh, He can shoot. He could be a weapon. He's better than Joe Harris right now. Um, And then also Patty Mills, who's getting no burn. He's on on the bench riding pine. Uh, I know that names have been floated out there like John Collins and Jakob Pertl. Um Man, Kyle Kuzma would be great. Uh, Nas Reed, I said last night, would be cool because he's a Asbury Park, New Jersey guy. I'd love to see him come back home and play for the New Jersey Brooklyn Nets. But I don't know. I just know that they need another guy. I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of Ben Simmons. But they need another big that they can put on the floor that can shoot and that's not a liability late in games from the free throw line and that's probably better uh than Ben Simmons as far as like racking up the fouls like he does so quickly. I think it's a big and maybe even a, another um ball handling guard. Like Edmund Sumner's been good, but like you would like to see somebody else that can come off the bench and bring the ball up uh you know when Kyrie sits down. Um, so that it isn't always Ben. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out any way to, to use Ben Simmons less. If we use Ben Simmons to guard Giannis, to guard Embiid, fine. Uh, but we got to, like, reduce his minutes and, and get somebody else in here that can uh, play down low.
2: Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, because I think Claxon uh, is becoming, like, a, you know, author, uh, the third star on the team.
1: He is. He's the man, right? But when you have him on the floor with Ben, it's like, you know, yeah, Cla- that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. just you can't have them on the floor together. They just don't work well together. I mean, Clax is doing everything he can. And you can yeah. even see a little bit that he's frustrated with Ben. Like, he, when he's in the paint and he's trying to, like, pivot and, and, and look for someone, he he won't go to Ben because he knows Ben's not going to put it up. So it's either he's got the shot or he doesn't. And uh, I don't know. I think they got to figure out another big Nas Reed, maybe Kyle Kuzma would be a, a dream uh, on this Nets team. That, yeah. If that you that could put Kuzma on this team, when KD comes back, if it's if it's Kyrie, KD, Kuzma, Royce, and Claxton, yeah. Yeah, and then you have Warren coming off the bench. Cause I yeah,
2: like and they
1: got to get Warren back going because he, he looked yeah, good yeah, to yeah. begin with, but yep. he, he hasn't looked the same uh, as of late. They got to get him back to getting buckets.
2: Mm-hmm. And what a uh, last thing, Kyrie? Would you give him the contract or an extension? I, or you, you know,
1: able to... we were talking about it in in my talking Nets group chat for the podcast. We'll probably have to pod tomorrow or Friday on it. I've been talking about the Kyrie extension a few ways. Obviously, one, he could have already got an extension. They could have already gave him another contract. But the guy can't keep his nose out of things. The guy can't. Chill on Twitter. The guy can't like. He just he can't just stick to to hooping and like he's got to be something else, right? He's got to he's got to you know take up uh, a stance on something and just I don't know. He's just brought a lot of negative energy and distraction to the team and that type of stuff. The owners fed up with. The organization is fed up with. You know like Nike dropped him. The Nets don't want to sign up for another four or five years of that. But we know Kyrie is a local guy. He's a Jersey guy. He He's home here. He wants to stay in Brooklyn. He doesn't want to play anywhere else. And he is one of the best basketball players we've ever seen. I think if he can finish out this year with no distractions and the Nets make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals, you have to bring him back, especially with KD. That's his right-hand man. If KD requested a trade going into this year, and it seems like if you watch KD on Twitter tonight, he was live-tweeting the game and... He was very much into it. He's going to want Kyrie on this team. So if we want KD to finish out his contract, you got to give Kyrie an extension. But Kyrie's kind of got to show that, you know, he's got to kind of, like, earn it. And that sounds stupid because he's one of the best players, but, like, he's got to be on his best behavior to actually get that. Thanks for the call. we got to take this break now. Switch studios. Keep McPherson on the fan. Let's talk some sports. 877-337-6666. I'll see you on the other side.